Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, folks, we're, we're going through the Gospel of Matthew and one of the interesting things in any of the Gospels is that you come across Jesus interacting with demons, spiritual forces of wickedness, spiritual forces of darkness. And when you read these stories, it's almost, it's, it's, it's almost amazing. There's, there really isn't any kind of competition there. He comes in conflict with them. They scream. They yell. They acknowledge who he is. They beg. And then he deals with them. And what you see is, is that, and we're going to see that today in a passage that's very familiar. All of the Gospels talk about this, and that is where Jesus confronts demonic forces. In particular, in Luke and Mark, we know that the name of the individual's name is Legion. Here, Matthew tells us there were actually two individuals there, and he has this confrontation, and there's something that we can learn from it, and what we can learn from it is that Jesus has power over spiritual forces of darkness. Now here's the problem. We read these stories and they intrigue us and we're like, wow, look at how powerful Jesus is. But for the most part, can I be honest with you, we're actually spiritually blind. We're suffering from a blindness. What do you mean blind, George? I can see, I understand. No, 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 no. There, there is a dimension to your life that you're blind to. We operate with an ignorance to the spiritual world around us. So you and I operate in this dimension, in this world, in a world that we can see, a world that we can, we can touch, a world that we can smell, a world that we can hear or see. That's, that's the world we operate in. And in fact, that's the world that we are in tune to every day of our lives. Do you understand what I'm saying? But there is another world that's out there, a world that you, you don't see. A world that you can't physically see, but a world that maybe you can see the effects of. It's a world that you can sense because some of you sometimes maybe are in conflict with these things, and they do affect you. But for the most part, we don't think of it as being this other spiritual world that it's around us. And the fact of the matter is, folks, you are in that spiritual world. Really, around us today, there is something there that you don't know that you can't sense. It's a spiritual world. Here's the second thing what you see about our blindness. That ignorance is fertile ground for interaction with darkness. That ignorance, because we, we don't comprehend the spiritual world around us, that ignorance is fertile ground. It, it, it's, it's an opportunity, whether you realize it or not, for your interaction with the world of darkness around you. What do you mean, George? We, we live in a world of spiritism. Did you understand what I mean by that? It's so like when I go to the Y, and if I go on the treadmill, they got all the TVs up, 
And there's a show there that's got three witches or something, and they're in a world of demons and spirits and all this stuff. And everybody's like, that's a cool thing to watch. Well, here's what it is. It gives you a misperception of the world around you. It gives you a misperception of what you can be involved in. And, and what happens is, is that because we are so ignorant to the reality of the spiritual world around us and how it operates and what is real there, you can open yourself up to darkness. So people think it's okay to look and check what their horoscope is. Really? You can get your cards read or your palm read. And you don't realize, oh, it's just something, it's just trivial, George, it's just trivial. Oh yeah, it seems that way. But there is a greater spiritual reality to things. And when you get involved in stuff, you open yourself up to a greater darker reality. And we're going to talk about that as we get into this passage, because what we're going to see is is two individuals that are an extreme. And we're going to see Jesus interacting with them, but then we're also going to see the rejection of Jesus. So let's look at this together. Let's look, we're going to look at verses 28 to 34. Now let me just stop for a minute. Before I read, I got to get, I got to, I got to help you out here. Okay, George, what are you getting into, man? Is this going to be scary stuff? No, 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 no. My approach is going to be hopefully balanced. Why? Because there's two extremes when we talk about spiritual forces. The, the first extreme is the extreme where you see a demon under every rock. There's the demon of cigarettes, and there's the demon of this, and a demon of that. First of all, I don't see anything like that in the Bible. I want to be biblically centered in what I present. So that's one extreme. The other extreme is we don't talk about it at all. We're not going to acknowledge it. We're not going to be. That's the other extreme. Now, here's the thing. C.S. Lewis, the great Christian philosopher, once said that Satan would rather us be in one or the other camp. He'd rather us be where we're freaked out by everything or we're ignoring everything. But where we need to be is balance. So what we're going to do is, is look at a balance here today and ask you to look at your life and see is your ignorance opening yourself up to something? So let's look at it together. Look with me again. Matthew chapter 8, verse 28. Look at what the, the apostle writes. When he had come to the other side, to the, to the country of Gergenzines, there he met two demon-possessed men coming out of the tombs, exceedingly fierce, so that no one could pass that way. And suddenly they cried out, saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, you Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a good way off from them was a herd of many swine feeding. So the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, permit us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said to them, go. So when they had come out, they went into the herd of swine, and and suddenly the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the water. Then those who kept them fled, and they went away into the city and told everything, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, 
they begged him to depart from their region. Wow, what an amazing story. And listen, it's not just an amazing story. What an amazing reaction. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take these verses. We're going to really divide them into three sections here. We're going to see, first of all, angry men. We're going to see angry men. Those are the two demon-possessed guys. We're going to see the power of Jesus. Here's what you need to understand. You don't need to be fearful. You need to understand the power of Jesus. And then we're going to see the rejection. We're going to look at rejection. So let's talk about angry men. Look with me just at verse 28. It's very interesting. First of all, here's Jesus. He was in Galilee over near Capernaum. He had just given the Sermon on the Mount. He's got multitudes following him. He's healed many. He gets into a boat. His disciples follow him, and they go over the lake, the Sea of Galilee, which is this big lake. They go over the lake to the other side, which happens to be an area that is a Gentile area. It's an area dominated by ten cities. They're known as the Decapolis. It's a, it's not a Jewish area. It's an area dominated by Gentile people. And he goes over to this area near one of the cities. And as they come ashore, they are confronted by two men coming out of the hillside, out of the tombs, who are very fierce and violent. In, in that region, what they would do is, is because land is precious and any land that could be cultivated, they cultivated. And what they would do is, is when they would bury you, they would bury you in a hillside. And they, and, and what would happen is, is people would dig out tombs with many rooms in the tombs. And so sometimes the tombs would be open. They would lay the bodies in there. And, and this would be a prime place where, where you have some gentlemen who were possessed to live. But these men are not just possessed, they're angry. And we can see a couple things here about these men that I think will help us to understand what's going on here. First of all, these men were marked by extreme anger and isolation. These men were marked by extreme anger and isolation. Here, I'm going to tell you one thing right off the bat. What you're going to see is this. Darkness thrives in an area of anger in your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Spiritual darkness thrives in anger. Spiritual darkness, if you want to write this down, spiritual darkness doesn't just thrive in anger. Spiritual darkness thrives in isolation. Two things there. What happens is, is when you see people, they're opening themselves up to something It's usually sometimes in the area of anger. We'll look at a scripture that talks about that in a moment. But you also see it in when they begin to isolate themselves from who? Other people. And so what you have happening here is here's two guys who are demon-possessed. They are fierce. What is it? They're angry. They're upset. They're hurt. And... Two guys who have basically separated themselves from the rest of those Gentile peoples and they're living in these tombs. That's extreme isolation. These men are angry men. They're marked by extreme anger 
in isolation. Here's the second thing I want you to see about them. At some point, they opened their lives to spiritual darkness. At some point, they opened their lives to spiritual darkness. At some point in their lives. Do you understand? You just don't get demon-possessed. Do you understand what I'm saying? You just don't have demons enter into your life. You have to allow demons to enter into your life. And whether it was through anger or through other things, whether it was involvement with the occult or occult-like practices, seances, there's a whole bunch of things that people are getting involved in today that have no clue. Whether it's through illicit sex, somehow they have allowed themselves to, at some point, to open their lives to spiritual darkness. That's what's going on there. And so they were possessed. Now you're hearing you're saying, well, you know, George, glad I'm a Christian because I can't be possessed. You're right. If you're a Christian and you know the Lord Jesus, you can't be possessed by a demon. Why? Because you have who inside of you? The Holy Spirit. But my friends, here's the thing about a Christian. You may not be possessed, but you can be. Are you ready for this? Oppressed. Oppressed. You can allow the spiritual forces of darkness to have a foothold in your life. What do you mean, George? Well, listen to what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4. He makes this statement, chapter 4, verse 26 and 27. If you want to write this down, you can go back and look at it yourself. He says, be angry and sin not. Okay, let's stop for a moment. First of all, anger is natural. So if you get angry, don't think it's unnatural. Anger is natural. It's what you do with it. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's what you do with it. Here it's saying, listen to what what Paul's saying, be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't brood over it, Paul's saying. Don't sit there and get bitter about it. Deal with your anger. Why? Here's the second thing he says there. Nor give place to the devil. What's he saying here? Here you are. I'll give you an example of what's going on. Here here George is. I get angry. You get angry. But if I don't deal with my anger, if I bury it, because some of us do that, right? We don't deal with the issues. We, we bury the anger. And we think if we bury it, that's okay, folks. It always comes back out. Have you noticed that? Always comes back out. So you bury the anger. You become embittered. Here's what Paul's saying. Through that anger and through that bitterness, what you do then is you begin to open your life so that there is an area of your life that becomes controlled by who? Satan. He doesn't have to possess you. In fact, here's what he has to do. He doesn't have to possess you. Why? Because if you want to write this down, I, I sometimes say this, Satan is the biggest button pusher in your life. Do you know what I'm talking about? You ever met somebody at work? Oh, I know how to push their button. What do they mean by that? I know how to get a reaction from them. Satan knows, because he observes us, he's, he watches us, his demons watch us all the time. They know what buttons to push in your life, and they know that when you're angry and you're bitter to someone, they know what buttons to push. 
And trust me, they do. Tell me he doesn't know how to push the buttons in your life. It's real. See, at some point, these guys opened their lives to darkness. Could have been anger. Could have been their involvement in stuff, because they do live in a pagan culture. But they opened their lives to spiritual darkness. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it only amplified the anger. It only amplified the isolation. And it only brought torment to their lives that they could find no no relief from. Do you understand what I'm saying? Spiritual darkness, when it interacts with your life, brings feelings of helplessness, brings feelings of not having any kind of relief. Do you understand what I'm saying? I can't get out of this cycle. I can't get out of this behavior. I can't get out of what's going on in my life. Because here's what spiritual darkness does. It operates on your fears. It operates on your fears. So here they are. They come and they see Jesus. And look at, it's almost amazing. Verse 29. Look at what happens there. Verse 29. When he had, and suddenly they cried out saying, what have we to do with you, Jesus? You son of God, have you come here to torment us before the time? Here's the first thing that happens. These are the demons speaking through these individuals. They recognize who Jesus is. Now notice something. They identify who Jesus is. This is the first time in this gospel that Jesus is identified as the Son of God. That's a title of deity. And who recognizes him as that? The demons. Because they know who he is. And notice something now. They're not like, we're going to take care of you, Jesus. They're not like threatening him. They're, They're actually afraid of him. In fact, they know what's coming for them because of Jesus. Because they said, are you here to torment us before our time? What time is that? The time of judgment. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so they're like, are you here to torment us, Jesus? So you're seeing the power of Jesus here. And there's a couple things I want to point out to you here. Jesus has complete power over everything. We've already seen that, haven't we? We've already been seeing that. Here's Jesus. What does he do? Heals the sick. Lame to walk. Blind to see. Dead are raised up. Calms the seas and the oceans. Here's spiritual forces. This is what Matthew's doing here. He's showing us that even in the spiritual world, which we're not even aware of, Jesus has complete control over everything, period. Now listen to me. You need to own that truth. Why? Because we live in a culture that is very spiritual. It's not religious, it's spiritual. That wants you to think that forces of evil are on par with the forces of God. So that's what you see in the shows you see. That's what you see in the movies. That's what you see in the literature. I mean, that's how stupid the world is. But here's what it does. It gives you this impression that Satan's on par with God. Here's what I want you to understand, folks. Right here in this passage, they're powerful, but they're not on par. They oppress, but they're not on par. They come into subjection to your Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? They come in subjection to the God who lives 
within you. And see, this is what comes out of this passage. Here's these demons. What do we have to do? What are you going to do with us? It's because Jesus has power, complete power over everything. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Spiritual darkness submits to the word of God. Spiritual darkness submits to the word of God. Paul would go on and say to you, don't give don't give place, don't give a foothold, don't give place to Satan. He would actually tell you to go on to resist him. You have the ability to resist spiritual forces of darkness. How? Through God's word. Do you understand what I'm saying? Through God's word. You have the, you have the ability to say no. You have the ability to resist it. And here's what I want you to see, is that these spiritual forces, they say, oh, don't, don't just cast us out, let us go into the swine. Jesus says, go, and they go, boom, immediately. They didn't wait. They did what he said. Why? Because of what I just told you before. He's in charge of everything. He has power over everything. Do you understand? That's your Jesus. That's how awesome he is. Now let me just stop. Before we move on to the rejection issue, let me just ask you just a point blank question. Some of you here, whether you realize it or not, have opened yourself in your life for the attack of the enemy. Just being flat out honest with you, let's, let's, just, let's not just couch it. Let's just say it like it is. You've involved yourself in something, and you've opened yourself up, period. I'm, you're still going to heaven, but your life is miserable. Do you understand what I'm saying? Some of you, it's because you've been holding on to anger for years. And you've given the enemy a foothold in your life. You're not possessed. That's not possible as a Christian. But remember, I told you, he's a button pusher. And so you've opened yourself up. What can I do about it, George? What can I do about it? Here's what you do about it. You go to the one who has power over everything. And you take away the power. How do you resist the enemy in the area of anger? Here's how you do it. You ready? One word. Forgive. Lord, help me to forgive. Lord, I forgive. Satan, you have no hold on my life anymore because I forgave. That's the power of God. And listen to me. Spiritual darkness submits to the word of God. Always to the word of God. Always. But here's what blows my mind. You know, if, if, it, if it just ended at verse 32, it'd be like, wow, isn't Jesus awesome? He just saves these guys from their anger and their isolation and spiritual forces of wickedness having control in their lives. And he speaks the word and they're free. And listen to me, one of the other gospels will tell you that the guy, Legion, says, let me go with you, Jesus. Let me go with you. 
He's so impacted by Jesus working in his life, he wants to go with him. But Jesus says, no, you, you, t- you tell me, tell others about me in your own country. And you would think, man, what a story! But then you come to verse 33 and 34 and you're like, what? And this is where people are at. Look with me at verse 33 and 34. Then those who kept him, talking about the pigs, fled. And they went into the city and told everyone, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they begged him to depart from their region. Now, here's what I want you to understand. First of all, when they go into the city, everybody's heard of these two guys. This is not some isolated thing. Nobody knows they're there. They're in the tombs where people bury their dead. So everybody knows there's two whacked out dudes living in the tombs. It's kind of like, you know, you live in a small town. Everybody knows who's crazy and who's not, right? So everybody knows what's going on. So here's the, the, the pig farmers, the, the herders. Their, their pigs are dead. They run into town. Tell everybody what happened. The pigs are wiped out. And by the way, those two crazy nuts are sane again. And it's because of this guy who came out of the ocean, the sea. Some Jew. So everybody goes out to see him. Now, that's isn't that what we would do? Everybody's like, let's go take a look for ourselves. You know, if we were driving in a car, we'd be rubbernecking. Oh, slowing down real quick. What's happening over on the other side of the highway? You know what I'm saying? And here's what goes on. Rejection. Why? The fear of the unknown is real when we don't understand. They're afraid. You would think they would be excited. You would think they would be like everybody else who's come in contact with Jesus. Well, here, let's take Aunt Bertha. She's got some kind of problem. Maybe he can help her. No. They're scared. They're scared. The fear of the unknown is real when we don't understand. It's real when you don't understand. When you don't understand, you're afraid of it. I'm just being flat out honest with you. Here's the second thing. That fear can cause you to reject God. Here's what they did. I mean, it's amazing to me. Leave our area. I mean, it didn't just say leave. They said leave the area. Did you know what I mean? Like, get out of our borough. Get out of the county. We don't want to have anything to do with We don't understand you. We, we know that something's happened with you here. And, and what they end up doing is they reject God. Now, here's the, scary, here's the thing, folks, because we're dealing with spiritual forces in a world that we don't understand. This is significant. Not everything can be explained. Now, the Bible explains it. But if you're ignorant to it, there's a fear of the unknown. And what can end up happening is, is we reject God. When he works, and he frees, and he does what's right. Did you understand what I'm saying? Thank you for being with us this morning. 
And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.